Hey everyone, welcome to the Messiah Sons and Daughters podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Good, and in this episode, it's part two of our new series that we're doing here called Black Lives Matter. And here with me virtually, I have a very, very special guest. She's a childhood friend of mine, um, and she's using her voice in a way that is truly impacting, um, you know, so many people and changing the trajectory of, um, you know, the the world that we're living in right now. And so um, without further ado, I would like to introduce my friend Adriana Williams. Say hey. Hello. <laughs> hey, girl. How you doing? Thank you so much for um, for joining me today. It's truly an honor to have you here and, um, you know, seeing what what you've been doing in response, you know, your response to, um, you know, just the injustice and everything that's happening, um, you know, it's, it's just truly moving. Um, there's really no words to kind of say, um, you know, to describe um, the impact that you're making. But, um, you know, I just I really wanted to give you the space to kind of share, you know, um, you know, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, your thoughts and your feelings about, um, you know, what's happening in our world, what's All been right, happening. Cool. Yeah, so... Well, my name is Adriana. I'm 18, and I um, go to school in Jersey City. Um, I'm the president of my school's Black Diaspora Club, which is our Black Culture Club. And um, recently, after the murder of George Floyd, who was um, murdered um, by being uh, suffocated to death, he had a knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds and he um died from lack of oxygen um that kind of re-sparked the black lives matter movement in terms of the protests that are going on in the country right now so after that happened i had been going to protest every single day since um since i learned of the first one so i had gone for like a week basically and i thought what can i do to impact my community and um, continue the tr- on the um, momentum and trajectory that I'm already on. So I texted my friend and uh, vice president of my club, the Black Diaspora Club, Chance. I texted him and I said, I want to do a protest. And he said, and he being the awesome friend that he is, said, okay, let's do it. We had no money. We had no resources. We had nothing. We just had an idea. And I said that I wanted to do something, and he full-fledged supported me, as he does. And we um, pulled together a protest that had 4,500 to 6,000 people show up to City Hall in Jersey City. And we, yeah, and we um, started off with an address. We marched, and then I got back up on stage, and I spoke for three hours plus. And I spoke to the people and they were listening. And the fact that the fact that it was just coming straight from my heart, you know, everything that I was saying for three hours plus and people were paying attention and and I had everyone's attention. It was extremely um, hot that the day it was um, June 6, 2020. It was Saturday, June 6. Um, We started at 4 p.m. and we ended when the sun went down. Mm. Um four people ended up passing out from heat exhaustion and dehydration 
but so we had to keep reminding people to drink water the fact that you know like make sure that you're not locking your knees drink a lot of water it was but um four people passing out out of uh out of over four thousand is of course it's still sad but Mm -hmm. it's not it's not that bad especially as how how hot how hot and humid it was on saturday wow wow that that's incredible adriana and the fact that you know um you know for for your age alone um you and your peers just getting together and kind of saying you know i'm not just gonna let this pass by i'm not just gonna let you know what happened to george floyd and so many other innocent (laughs) black men and women i'm not gonna let their voice remain unheard and um you know I just kind of wanted to know if you can share a little bit, um, you know, from what you remember, because I know that three hours of speaking, (laughs) that's probably like so many words. But, um, you know, I just I want I kind of want to hear what, um, you know, some of what you shared and, you know, if if you would be willing to share and, um, you know, anything that, um, you know, others have said to you um, from that day or during this time. I definitely can let you know. Yeah, yeah. So... So, um, one of the things that I said was, like, I was, I was so emotional, and I shared this information with people, and I let people know, like, oh, I don't normally tell this to white people, I don't normally tell this to non-black people, what I'm about to share with you all is something that I normally keep reserved for black people, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you in on it today, and the reason why I cry when these sort of injustices happen, the reason why I cry when I have to explain my trauma as a black person living in America is Mm. because I'm crying over the same things that my mother cried about, the same things that my father cried about, the same things that my grandpa cried about, and my ancestors cried about, and I'm crying about the same things that my children will cry about, and my grandchildren will cry about. The The thing is, is that it's so scary knowing that you're going to have to bring a child into this world, and you're going to have to teach them how to survive, on this earth you know you're gonna have to yeah. teach and, and sur- teach them how to survive in a way that no one else has to teach their kids how to survive you know yeah and i was and i shared with people how how like my grandpa he came to this country in, around the 60s and 70s he had to come back and forth back and forth for work but at some point in the 70s he came uh he came like permanently with um, my mom and everyone but um in terms of like him he's came in America in the 60s and he, he, he tells me how scared he is for me when I go to these protests because he asked me like Adri like just don't go because because th- these things will not change you know like we will always be treated like this like if we, if you if we've been fighting since I was younger and and think about it like this even my even my grandpa telling me that his grandma and my and my and my my my, my um family on my dad's side telling me that their grandparents and their grandparents grandparents and there's grandparents grandparents i've been fighting over the same things and it's just like like people my family is so scared of for me you know yeah the other the other day my dad he told me a story about when i was an infant and someone had stolen his his um license plate and he called the police because someone stole his license plate and and the police came and uh, and abused him 
pushed him against the wall and arrested, put handcuffs on him, mm-hmm. uh, abused him because they thought that he stole the license plate, right? And he was wow. like, no, I'm the one who called you guys. Wow. <laughs> because the thing is that my father called and let them know that it was a woman, a young woman who stole his license plate. But somehow when they came, they still put him in handcuffs and abused him and pushed him around and, and beat on him. Wow. You know? These are, these are the things, and imagine me being an infant, mm-hmm. having to be around my father who's been abused, and, and this happened multiple times after, you know, it's not as it was just one occurrence of my dad being abused by police and, and um, these sort of authorities that we should be able to trust. Mm-hmm. Um, another, that the, the, just my emotional side in terms of, like, a lot of the stuff that I was saying at the protest was facts. You know, I was saying a lot of um, statistics. I was saying a lot of a lot of um, things, demands, things that we need to do, things that need to change. But um, in terms of in terms of like that was one of like the few emotional things that I shared with the audience because I don't really like. Um, having to explain my humanity you know it's really sad because no no other no other race of human has to do that yeah. no other person has to say oh well Trayvon Martin 17 years old he, he shouldn't have had to die because he could have been an astronaut he was in he went to NASA school you know like after Trayvon Martin was murdered mm-hmm. like 17 years old people were talking about how he was in NASA school and he was trying he was wanted to be a scientist he wanted to be an astronaut and it's like for me like why do we have to humanize him in that way mm. he was a boy he was a baby he was a human being who was murdered by someone whose job is not to murder people yeah the police job is not to murder people the police job is not to kill people their job is to de-escalate situations their job is to arrest people at times sometimes their job is to put handcuffs on people but their job is they are not the judge they are not the jury and they are not god they they do not decide who lives or dies. Yeah. Another thing that I um spoke about was how the the system works. People a lot of people say <clears throat> that the policing system is broken, right? Because because it kills black people. So the police like it, the policing system is broken, but in my opinion, the the system is not broken at all. The system is working exactly as it's meant to work Mm -hmm. because after slavery was abolished Mm -hmm. and there was no need for slave patrols, there was no need for slave catchers for the run for for enslaved people who tried to run away. There was no need for slave catchers anymore. They took the same people who were slave catchers and turned them into police because the thing is, is that they said, now that we are allowing these black people, these um, formerly enslaved people, to walk the streets, there needs to be something, somebody to keep them in check, right? Mm. And that's how the police was created. And that's how this form, this system of policing was created. So if people say the system is broken, the system is not broken. It's working exactly how it's meant to. This is what the system is. It was built off of slavery. Policing policing was built off of racism. Mm-hmm. Policing was built off of the subjugation of black people, the oppression of black people. What we need to do is is completely start again you know yeah we can we have to have a policing system built on love Mm -hmm. built on the love of everybody built on protecting and serving everybody 
Because as long as we have a system that was literally built off of slavery, it will never service black people. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it it definitely, um, you know, like you said, the system was built that way. And I think that, you know, um, there's roots that are deep down that are ingrained into the foundation of, um, you know, the, the different systems that we have today and the different laws that we have today. And, you know, I was um, doing some research the other day and I saw that in um, one of the amendments, I think it's in the 13th Amendment, yes. that, you know, a black person is considered as two-thirds of a person. No, that's not even, that's not even it. In the, in the, in the, um, in the um, Constitution, formally, mm. it was written that black people are um, three-fifths of a human being, mm. right? Yeah. And w- the reason for that was so that, they can still be enslaved. It's just that now you can get taxes off. You can get so it's like like they're they're slightly human, but because they're only three fifths of a person, you can still get taxes off your property, right? Mm. So it's like they're still property, but they might be human as well, and that's where that three fifths um, rule came from. What's in the Thirteenth Amendment right now is that slavery is abolished, mm-hmm. except. When you inc- if the person is incarcerated, right? Mm-hmm. So after that Thirteenth Amendment was written to abolish slavery, so after the um after slavery was abolished, black pe- the for- the newly freed black people started getting arrested for just walking on the street, getting arrested for for talking too loud, getting arrested, you know, getting arrested for basically anything, yeah. because they understood that in the Thirteenth Amendment, if you incarcerate these people you can use them as slave labor once again. So they were re- they were put back in chains. And these people who were f- newly freed, a good amount of them were arrested for no reason. And they took advantage of this loophole in the 13th Amendment that is still there to this day. There are modern-day slaves to this day. That's why... Um, anyway, let me finish what I was saying. So, um, uh, what was I? So, and the 13th Amendment was created in... Um, Oh, damn, I don't, excuse me, sorry for cursing, okay. but, um, the whatever year, and, um, and these black people, these newly freed black people were taken as slaves once again, and even to this, to this day, people are u- being used as slave labor. Hmm. Um, black people are only 13% of this country's population, yet we make up the majority of the people who are in jail. That does not make any sense. Yeah. As the richest country in this, as one of the richest countries in the world, we should be having an economy of care, an economy that puts money into social services, um, an economy that puts money into teachers and doctors and 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 uh, and uh, therapists and, and 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 occupations of care. Instead of putting money into our military, putting money, millions and billions of dollars, billions of dollars into our policing systems, billions of dollars into our into our prison systems, billions of dollars into our military. America has an economy of punishment. Our first goal to as Americans is to punish people versus to care for people. We care more about hurting people than we care about loving people as 
as an American government, that's how you, you and this is a fact because of we, we can see where our money is being put. Mm. So if, if like, there's just so many factors, you know, like, of course, we're protesting police brutality, but we're also protesting the fact that there are still slaves in this country to this day. Mm-hmm. Like, people wonder where, like, um, if you watch the, I recommend this documentary to anybody who's listening, um, 13th on Netflix, it's, co- it's called 13th, named after the 13th Amendment, and it really talks about how the 13th Amendment is used to this day to have people enslaved, people in jails in America who are making furniture for the companies that you know and love people in jails in America make using free labor to make clothes that are being sold at these high prices, right? Like these the free labor, it's slavery in these American jails to continue to, to fund our American economy. This 13th amendment loophole that says that if you are incarcerated, you can be used as slave labor. It's still being used to this day. Wow. It, it exists today, but in many different forms, right? I mean, it's it's not just in one form that we see it today. It's in many different forms. Um, and I think that, you know, yesterday um, when I was just kind of preparing for our talk, I was thinking about a really, really old song lyric. Um, and it was from a Coldplay song. I think it's called Clocks or something like that. And, um, you know, one of the lyrics in the song is, it's a question. And the question is, am I a part of the cure or am I a part of the disease? And I just thought that that was so good to bring up because I think that, you know, we need to be asking ourselves these questions today. You know, are we, are we a part of the cure of, of bringing love, unity, humanity back? Are we a part of bringing the real definition of humanity into not just in our homes, but in our systems and in our hearts, Um, you know, um, but, you know, we we have to make sure that we're not a part of the disease of racism because that's what it is. It's a sickness. And, you know, if you think about a disease, it spreads like wildfire, you know, um, when when you have people that that don't know how to um, address it and treat it and heal it. And, um, you know, that that's what we need. We need healing in the system. And, you know, I love I love what you said that we need a fresh start and more than a fresh start. But but we need to rebuild what um, what has been um, set on on such a a foundation that right it's a rocky foundation yeah it was never going to work if it was built on a rocky foundation yes america was built on like the backs and blood and and death of black people of indigenous americans of latinx um people there's so many different cultures and people who have had to die and had to be used you know even asian people who had who were mining for gold in california mm-hmm. like during the um and they were like dying in the in the mines because they got paid so little and the, there would be explosions in the mines and, and people you know there's so in terms of like building wealth for this country yeah. so many minority people have been used and had to die for for us to get to this place you know and yeah. it's unfortunate yeah so, so let me ask you this, right? So, you know, knowing that, that we need to start over, knowing that we need to take steps um, in order to work towards 
taking action and change basically what do you think are some of the next steps that you know that we should be taking um in order to to work towards that so what are what are some some ideas that you may have or some steps that you think that we should start with today so in terms of what we can do so i'm going to give two things i'm going to give two things of what we can do what we can do as people like in terms of citizens who are not in politics or anything like that, is hold our local governments accountable. We need to be asking our local governments to defund our policing systems. You know, we need to be asking our local governments to defund our policing systems. What? Because the thing is, that a lot of people go like, "Oh, defund the police." Why? Like, why? Like, you know, like they are very adverse to defunding the police. But what we need to understand is that we've been, we've been defunding education for years. <laughs> You know, we've been defunding the arts for years. There's no reason, in Jersey City in particular, we have $170 million in our police force, Mm. right? Wow. We have $170 million in police force, and we have less than, we have less than 10% of that or in, in education, mm-hmm. in community development. Yeah. If you look at our municipal budget and, and where our mayor and our council people choose to put our municipal money, the money, our tax money, our money, the money of the people, you're, you, you would be surprised that it's literally almost all in the, the, the police, it yeah. makes no sense. We have all this money in the police, but our schools are not teaching us correctly. We don't have enough books for everybody. We don't have enough technology for everybody. Our communities are are messed up. The trains don't work. You know, like things like there's so many things that our cities could be putting money into instead of the police. We need to ask them. So what um today's there's a actually a council meeting, a city council meeting in Jersey City, and I'm going to be speaking at the council meeting and holding, mm-hmm. and like I just said to everyone else, which is to hold your government accountable, I'm going to be holding my government accountable and telling them that I want them to defund our city's police by 25%, which would mean 25% of $170 million is $42 million, um, a little bit more than $42 million. That money, I would be asking that money to be reallocated into the education of our cities, into our public school systems, which is all of our high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, and all of our public schools, and putting parts of that $42 million into community development of the Greenville, Lafayette, mm-hmm. and Westside areas which yeah. is predominantly black neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so good, Adriana, because, you know, growing up, I, I, we, we both went to, um, you know, it, it was a, considered as a charter school, but it's basically yes. a public school with a different face attached to it. I mean, can, can you agree with that? I mean, it's, it's basically kind of another version of public school. And, you know, um, when I was um, in kindergarten, um, I was in the, I went to, um, I think it was PS 23 and, right. you know, you can just tell the difference, um, with the lack of, um, I would say like, um, you know, funding because the, the classrooms are overflowed. Yes. Um, you know, the, the instructors are being paid, um, at such a lower rate than they should be paid. Um, you know, and, and these teachers are, are pouring into the next generation. They're, mm-hmm. they're, um, you know, raising us as world changers, and you know, they're not receiving the support that they need for their families. You know, to raise their families, they they have families, they have, 
you know, um, bills that they need to pay. And, um, you know, I just, I think that that's incredible, you know, um, that, you know, you're raising awareness for this and, you know, we should all be doing this for those of you who are listening, listening, you know, um, holding our officials accountable for, um, you know, pouring into, um, you know, our education systems, our, um, you know, things other than just building industries and building, you know, um, the, the system that, that is not built the way that it should be. Um, and I just, I just couldn't agree with you more. Um, it's, it's just so, um, important that, you know, it, it's like a perspective change. Like we have to shift our perspective. Exactly. Like the thing is, is that like people, people need to understand that one hundred seventy million dollars is a lot of money mm-hmm. to go into a system that's not working. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like that's a lot of money to to put into something that people are not are not happy with you know if you ask people who who live in different communities if they're happy with their policing system a lot of the times it would be no right so in terms of like how we're being treated and you know like how poor communities in particular are being treated it's over policing there's too many officers it's just it's just a lot so another one of the things i'm going to be asking during my time because you know we only get five minutes to speak to our city council hmm Another um, thing I'm going to be asking is for them to remove all police officers from Jersey City public schools. The thing is, is that the over-policing of our public schools is a detriment and in, in, um, in to our community, you know. In schools, we're supposed to be learning. What the police and the Jersey City public schools teach us is to be afraid of the police. That is what we learn from our our police officer, our police presence in our local high schools. Um, security guards are fine, but police officers with guns, batons, mm. handcuffs, the fact that I've seen people get walked out in handcuffs from school before. Wow. It's not okay. We are children. Yeah. We are children. And we, we, we deserve a chance just like anybody else. We deserve a chance just like anybody else. It's ridiculous that yeah. people are, that, that, that we have more, literally, we have more police officers in school than we have nurses. We, because of the defunding of our education system in Jersey City, my school had to fire one of our nurses. So we have one nurse in the entire school. Wow. And we have more officers than nurses. We have, it makes no sense. Why is it that we don't have school school psychologists? Our guidance counselors are underpaid. Mm-hmm. Our th- school therapists are non-existent. Wow. Our school, um, like, drug intervention people it's just it's just so many things that we could be putting our money into instead of police like i thought to, in my opinion medical workers are first responders too mm-hmm. they are first responders they respond when people are hurt the same way that police are supposed to respond when people are hurt so we need to have more nurses more therapists when the kids have something to talk about listen you know there's just so many things that we could do to help our children of jersey city help our children of new jersey help our children of america and help our children of the world like it's ridiculous yeah and and i think um you know part of having um you know like what you were saying the the armed policemen in the schools i feel like that just instills so much fear in the, yes, it in does. the children and not only that, but I think that, you know, how much different 
would our um our world be our economy you know just everything how much more different would it be if if um you know if the amount of um not just money because um you know money is it's temporary it it goes away and i think that you know just um man alone just holds money to a certain standard and it's it gets so deceiving sometimes um because you know some people will choose money over others and um you know i just i think that you know without um putting money into the equation i think that you know where you put your heart is where your pockets will follow and i think that if you um if if you know if our hearts are towards raising up a generation of children who are not filled with fear but of hope and love and wanting to spread unity I think that that would bring so much change like I mean just imagine if you know if in Jersey City alone if there were more you know therapists available for students and help available you know it would lower the rates of suicide and you know violence and gangs you know and and I truly believe that you know those who belong to a gang, they desperately just want to belong. They desperately mm-hmm. just want to have family. They want to know that they have value and worth for something for their life. And I think that when when they see, okay, they do care about me enough to, to want me to get help, to want me to have, you know, counseling available or, you know, things like that, opportunities. You know, I, I heard someone um speak, I think it was a it was a young black man. I think I saw this video um, on social media and he was saying, I, I don't want to just have, you know, um, you know, you, you ha- being having pity for me. I want to have the opportunities that you have. And I think that, you know, that's, you know, that's what we all should, should want for each other, you know, working towards unity and, um, you know, remembering that, you know, um, it, it takes, it takes, baby steps and we have to we have to um be patient with the process and we have to trust the process um you know and um it's it's truly a fight you know um the battle for um unity and justice is a it's it's a fight and um you know it it's never meant to be an easy route um but you know I think um like I said this on a on an episode that I recorded yesterday with one of my close friends, Layla, she, we were saying, um, you know, talking about unity and bringing racial healing because, you know, there's just so much trauma passed down, um, you know, through different cultures and backgrounds and, you know, racial trauma is a thing. And I'm, and, and yes. And, and I'm still trying to, um, you know, educate myself on it more because I want to become, a counselor I want to I want to study psychology and you know seeing that so many people my brothers and sisters they're they're speaking of the trauma that has been passed down I mean you mentioned that you know your grandfather's still crying over things that his father was crying over and you know and his children and his and so so many um generations and you know that's the thing like when there's an open wound it, it bleeds on the whole family. It bleeds on the whole bloodline, um, you know, when there's pain. And, you know, until we um, continue to address the pain, you know, we, we actually have to do something about it. We have to bring about the healing. And I think that part of the healing occurs when when we, you know, listen to one another and when we meet each other eye to eye and, you know, not just, not just put, um, you know, our 
our pride before others. Um, and, you know, not only that, but I, I, re- I truly feel like, you know, this is a time where, you know, God really wanted us to see what's what's truly going on because for so so long people have been blindsided and um you know um and and I just I truly admire um you know that that you did your part you know you did your part um by not only educating yourself but educating others and I think it's like a cycle right you know when when we are aware we bring awareness and you know that's that's what we truly have to do is continue educating ourselves and educating others and, you know, just truly listening to one another, um, you know. And I did want to say this, that, you know, um, the, um, you know, even though there's um, like a majority of, you know, officers who, uh, who are not being loyal to their badge, they're utilizing their badge, you know, as, as, um, as an excuse, um, you know, they're abusing their authority and their power, really, um, you know, but um, the ones who are genuinely, you know, um, being heroes in with their badge are, um, you know, going unheard. And, um, you know, it's, it's like behind the scenes. And so I just wanted to encourage, you know, um, those who are choosing to be a voice for the voiceless, even with their badge, I just wanted to, um, you know, encourage those because you know we see that and we don't we don't um you know kind of a mistake that um and take that lightly because I just um you know I in my life I've witnessed that with my dad personally I mean you know my dad used to um you know be a correctional officer in Uh Jersey and um you know not to be desensitive about you know the the truth that some men are genuinely abusing their badge but, you know, there's others who are speaking up about it. And so, you know, keep speaking up about it. Keep, you know, keep keep your other brothers accountable, um, your brothers and sisters accountable who are, you know, in blue, who are, you know, have this authority in this high place in the system. Keep them accountable. That's that's what we have to do for each other. And, um, you know, we have to really address the the roots behind it, you know, like. I mean, start, um, you know, racism is, is taught. That's something that, you know, me and, you know, my friends keep on repeating is that, you know, it's truly taught because, you know, it's a heart issue. It's, it's not just about the symptoms. It's, you know, it's, there's roots and, you know, we, we have to address those roots and people really need healing. They need, you know, they need to forgive. They need to let go. They need to reconcile. And, you know, um, if you know when when there's hate in our hearts we fail to see the the brokenness of others you know we fail to be compassionate with each other when we have hate in our hearts um you know hatred in our hearts and so um you know i just i just really uh admire everything that you said and um you know um i just i just kind of wanted to hear um you know how how you've been kind of taking action on your part so you're you know you're doing so many great things you're going to speak at a council meeting you know you led a rally and over like thousands of people showed up I mean you know you're taking action you know is is there anything else that you know you have in mind that you know you're you're trying to do or and um so just 
I wanted to see if you can share that and if you can share, um, you know, what what action, what if there's any other um, resources out there, or any um, other steps towards action that, you know, we should take. So, um, yeah. So um, next Tuesday, there's going to be another protest at Jersey City City Hall. Um, there's going to be another protest and, um, we're going to be, I'm actually collaborating with other, um, with other organizations to do this one. So it's going to be a really good, um, good thing. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to a bunch of protests this week. Um, I'm going to this one led by this, um, Latinx group called Para Mi Gente. And it's, um, I'm going to be speaking at it. It's this Saturday, um uh in Union City uh 3 p.m. is when it starts mm-hmm. um let me think in terms of what people can do from home you have to hold your local governments um accountable so whatever city you live in whatever state you have to if you say oh well I can't go to protest I oh I already signed all the petitions oh I I already I can't donate or already donated as much as I can mm-hmm. then you like it's free to email your mayor it is free to email your mayor. It's free to call your mayor. It's free to call your council people. It's free to go to city council meetings or log into the Zoom calls where the city council meetings are happening. You have to hold your government accountable because that talking to your government is more important than than um, than anything, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, like us protesting and you um, emailing your government is is the same sort of working for. Um, uh, working towards the same goal. Yeah. So if anybody wants to, um, so if anybody wants to continue to support the Black Diaspora Club, which I'm the president of, my name's Adriana, by the way, for people who forgot, <laughs> um, mm. I'm, I'm the president of the Black Diaspora Club, and you can follow us on Instagram at black b l a c k dot or period um diaspora d i a s p o r a Black Dot Diaspora is the Black Diaspora Club's um, Instagram page. We post the we post the protest that we're going to be speaking at. We post what's been going on in our bio. We have a um, in our bio. We have the one moment. It's okay. Um, sorry. Um, in our bio of Instagram, we have the uh, um, a document that will lead you to. Um, we have a document that will lead you to like a, a list of resources. There you go. That's where it was coming mm-hmm. from. Okay. Um, a list of resources that we, the Black Diaspora Club, have made. So in our bio on Instagram, there's a list of resources that the Black Diaspora Club has made. There's places to donate, petitions to sign, play, um, protests to go to, um, inform- like links to read more information, things that you can learn up on. There's other like there's a whole bunch of things that we have compiled a list of for easy access. So black dot diaspora on Instagram in our bio, click on the link that leads you to a Google doc that has all this information. Hmm. Thank you so much, Adriana for that. And, um, you know, if, um, anyone who's listening wants to go check it out, we'll have, um, the links to, um, the black diaspora's page, um, and their resources as well. And um, Adriana, I did want to ask you one thing, you know, um, some people are 
you know, watching the news and seeing the protests and they're continuing to ask themselves this question, why is it still happening? Do you do you want to respond to that question? Because I feel like so many people, um, you know, they they're not fully understanding why, you know, why it didn't stop after after George Floyd, why it didn't stop after, you know, the officers were arrested. Can you bring can you bring some 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 light on that and share why, you know, the why behind it? So you're asking why um why did we not stop protesting after George Floyd's murderers were arrested? Yes, yeah. The reason well the reason why we are not we're not going to stop protesting and we're not going to stop fighting is because there's so many it's it's not it's not about him. Of course it is about him mm-hmm. and it's, it is about his murderers and and the fact that he was killed but it's about it's about Trayvon Martin who was 17 Tamir Rice who was 14 Breonna Taylor Sandra Bland Mm -hmm. Alton Sterling Philando Castile so many more so many more that we don't know so many like the thing is that we've been getting murdered by the police since before phones before we could record it Mm -hmm. you know it is not about of course we want justice for all of these people we want every single one of these murderers these these murderers in blue to go to jail but what we want more than that is for the system to be changed Mm -hmm. it's enough we will continue to be getting we will continue to get killed if the policing system does not change it has to be a national a nationwide change of policing it has to be because we will continue to be killed if it's not yeah and so we will continue to protest until the country hears our cries mm-hmm. and hears our pleads and hears our demands of of change of liberty and of justice for all <laughs> yes yeah yeah, it's it's literally what what we were taught to say before, um, you know, before our, our school day started. And, you know, um, it's heartbreaking to believe that, you know, um, you know, you, you guys truly believed it, you know, that that justice would be for all, you know, and um, and it's not true um, that there's only been justice for some. And I think that you know, continuing to speak up and, you know, use your voice, use our voices, um, you know, we, we can truly bring change in, um, into the systems, and, um, so, yeah, I just, um, that's kind of just what, um, you know, I just wanted to say, and I wanted to see if there's anything else that, you know, you wanted to share, anything that's been on your heart or your mind, or, you know, if, if you have any, um, you know, just uh, advice or, you know, requests or, um, you know, any wisdom that you can bring, um, you know, that that would be great. Um, so in terms of wisdom that I can bring, mm-hmm. um, just continue to continue to support one another. Mm-hmm. Like this all it's all we have. It's all we have. Like you said before, Kayla, like love and humanity. Mm-hmm. Humanity is the most important thing. We have to care. It, it like like think things will not change if not everybody cares. It was like, oh, that has nothing to do with me. Oh well, like there's already people talking about it. Oh no, we all have to care. 
We all have to talk about it. We all have to demand justice from our government because right now it's it's the people against the government, you know? The government is 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 not making a decision to support the people. The people are saying please like please stop killing black people. Like and it's really beautiful to see, you know, the fact that there's white people coming to protest, a lot of white people, a lot of Asian people, a lot of Hispanic people, Indian people and Arab people, mm-hmm. North Africans, like just different races of people coming together to say we are here for black people. And that yeah. is important, but it needs to be all of us, you know, and I'm so, so happy that we can stand together as human beings. We can stand together and say what is happening to black people is not OK, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. So, um, so we need to continue that. So that's that's my wisdom. That's what I have to say. We have to love each other, have to care for each other. We have to stand up for each other. We have to um, say that we stand for love. We stand for care. We stand for humanity. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Um, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you even more. Um, it's... It's a beautiful picture, um, you know, that that God created when he had man um, in mind. You know, he made um, each and every one of us in his image. And I think that, you know, some people are saying, well, I'm colorblind and, you know, God is colorblind. And I, you know, I totally, you know, if if he was colorblind, he, he wouldn't have, you know, said that, that he would bear the sufferings of others, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, he said that in mind, um, you know, having George Floyd in mind, having Breonna Taylor in mind, having, you know, so many other people in mind, you know, um, not just in the black community, but, you know, each and every, um, race has their trauma and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, the, the cure for racism, I truly believe that, you know, it's when we, when we look to to the one who who bore our suffering for us um, that we're experiencing on a daily basis, you know, I think that um, you know um, we have to we have to truly look to um, you know the cross because when when we see the cross we see unity we don't we don't see division um, and you know when when we look to the cross when we look to each other that's when we truly see healing happen. And, um, you know, I'm just going to say this again because it's such a good question. Um, you know, am I a part of the cure or am I part of the disease? Um, you know, we have to ask ourselves this question. And so, um, yeah, Adriana, thank you so much for, um, of course. for, for sharing your heart. And, um, you know, I want, I want you to know that your voice matters and that you're, you were heard today and, um, you know, you're going to continue to be heard, um, because for so long, you know, uh, what, what, what is in darkness is coming to light. And, um, you know, uh, that meaning what, what was done wrongly to, to you, your people to, um, you know, just what was done wrong to each and every one of us who are, who are Mm. suffering right now, you know, it's going to be brought to light. And, um, you know, I just don't want us to to pass by and be blindsided to this moment. And I think that, you know, we we shouldn't only look to social media to see what what is happening. We need to look to each other first 
because it, it starts in your own home. It starts in your own neighborhood. You know, there's someone there's someone that lives next door from you right now that is dealing with some racial trauma or is dealing with some hurt or pain from what someone has done to them because of the color of their skin or because of of their gender, their, you know, whatever the reason that it may be. But I think that we need to start to look to each other um, and and not just, you know, look to to post and, you know, retweet and things like that's great. That's bringing awareness. But but we need to we need to start with with looking to one another and, you know, just listening to one another. And, um, you know, that that's how I truly believe that. Um, it'll start. Um, and I think I, I saw this post the other day and it said it was uh, it was like a visual and it, it had um, a home and then it had um, I think it was um, a heart or a, it was something like that. But it said before we can change the world or our community, we have to start with our homes and we have to start with our hearts. And, you know, we we have to we have to water the seeds that have been planted you know MLK he planted seeds when he was around years and years ago when he was you know fighting for this same fight that that so many of our brothers and sisters have been fighting for for years um you know he planted the seeds and you know it's it's time that you know we allow it to bear fruit and and we have to cut off the roots of the the ones that are not bearing any good fruit in our lives, the, the fruit of hatred, the fruit of bitterness and, you know, unforgiveness and pride. Cause if you think of a tree, you know, if you cut off, if you cut off the branches and you cut off the fruit. So if we get rid of hatred, if we get rid of, you know, um, police brutality, if we get rid of the symptoms you know, and we don't get rid of the roots like pride, like hate, like, you know, hurt or anger. If we don't get rid of the roots, that tree is going to continue to grow. You know, the the fruit is going to still pop up. And I think that that's what that's the visual that we have to hold into our minds is are we are we getting down to the roots? Are we getting down to the real nitty gritty things that are beneath the surface? And I totally think that, you know, we are getting down to the roots, we're making our way down to the roots, because the more and more that, you know, that your voice is heard, that my voice is heard, the more that, that we speak up, and we expose what's in the dark, you know, we, we bring, we shed light on the roots, and we shed light on that brokenness that, that needs to be healed and mended, Um, and uh, something else that I wanted to share, kind of, I guess, before we kind of close, um, is that, you know, I saw, um, this, uh, pastor named Michael Tide. He, he's a a black man that lives in, um, I think it's the Carolinas. And, um, he pastors a church called Transformation Church. And, um, he was saying how, you know, um, he took a, a picture with him and so many other people um, on his uh, staff and his congregation. And, you know, it was people from all different backgrounds and races and ethnicities. And it was just such a beautiful picture. And he said, this is a picture of, of what heaven looks like. And not only that, but, but it's like a mosaic. And he was explaining how a mosaic is, is a piece of artwork that is different broken pieces that that don't look like they're, they're not the same pieces. So they're all different broken pieces put together 
as one. And I think that, you know, when when we start to to kind of um, work towards unity, you know, it it will become a beautiful mosaic that that needs to to be created, Um, you know, because we're all broken people. We we all have, you know, um, pain. We all have wounds that that um, that go back so far. But when when we finally recognize that we're broken and yet we need to come together in our brokenness, I think that is when transformation can happen because we, we don't just we don't just need change. I feel like, you know, we need transformation. When you transform something, it becomes a, a new version of, of what it used to be. It, it becomes totally different. You know, and, right, and right, I, right. I think that's what, um, you know, um, yeah. W- what do you think about that, Adriana? I definitely, definitely agree. Transformation is extremely necessary in order for change. It needs to be not only a transformation in in people, but it has to be a transformation in mindset as well. Everyone has to change the way they think and the way they change the way that they look at the things around them in order for them to really see clearly. And like you said before, this is a, a, a year of awakening. A mm. lot of people are waking up right now. Yes. 2020 seems to be the year where people can really see clearly. Mm-hmm. And so that's so good. I'm, I'm really happy that, that we're getting here. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me here and like allowing that to be my, you know, like my, my message, allowing my message mm. to be said. So before, like, I don't know if we're going to close soon, but before we end, I just want to remind, remind people that our Instagram mm. is black.diaspora and we have a lot of resources and you can definitely DM us um, and ask us any questions. Mm. Thank you so much, Adriana. And, you know, I just wanted to encourage you to keep going, to keep fighting. Um, you know, you're, you're not fighting alone. Um, so many um, people are standing with you. I'm standing with you. And, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm like an hour or something away. <laughs> but, um, you know, but just know that, that um, you know, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to, to make sure that your voice is heard and to make sure that, you know, that your suffering isn't carried alone. And, um, you know, um, I, I just really want to say thank you. Um, it's very humbling to hear, you know, um, you know, your story because, um, you know, you know, you, you, you don't just have a name, you know, you have a story. And I think that, that, um, you know, your story is going to be heard and, um, you know, that, that God's going to use it in such a mighty way. Um, and your family stories. Um, and I'm just, I'm so proud of you and, um, you know, thank you for, um, you know, being on, um, you know, my, uh, this podcast today, it's, it's such an honor. Um, you know, uh, I really don't take that lightly. And, um, yeah, um, I just, I just want you to know that, that I'm here for you as well. And, um, you know, um, just, just let me know, let us know, you know, those who are listening, um, you know, let, let us know, um, what we can do, you know, um, to, to continue to, um, you know, stand with you and fight with you and, and, um, you know, um, so yeah, but, but that's just kind of what I wanted to say, but, um, yeah, uh, thank you so much once again, Adriana, and, um, thank you to those who are listening, 
Um, don't forget that, um, you know, you can follow Black Diaspora on um, Instagram and, um, you know, find more about the protests that are happening that you can become a part of. Um, so we will have that information on our um, Instagram page as well at the Messiah Sons and Daughters. And um, yeah. Um, and once again, thank you so much, Adriana. And um, yeah, take care, everyone. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.